We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Bar Podcast Network. We are live today to do a fundraiser Q&A for our good friend of the show, Anthony Hopper, uh, who's going through some tough times right now. So I have posted the link to his GoFundMe uh, if you want to go help out. Otherwise, we will be taking questions uh, from YouTube. No Patreon questions today. Uh, so if you feel like helping Anthony out, Definitely use the super chat questions, uh, and we'll be sure to uh, donate all of the proceeds from the super chats today uh, to helping out Anthony. So joining me, as always, are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just happy to help both fam out in any way we can. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony's been uh, a longtime supporter of the show. Uh, obviously he's a veteran as well so he's a great dude uh i think he actually won our very first giveaway if i'm not mistaken uh won a derwin james uh jersey right before they switched to the new one so um he's got one of the last derwin james jerseys of the old design so shout out to anthony um happy to help him out tyler how are you doing today man doing pretty well like alex said just happy to be here to help another member of the bolt family I believe so far with our live streams and these fundraisers, we've raised like $3,000 so far in our previous live streams. So I don't expect that to happen again today. We had a very generous donor last time, but anything we can do to raise awareness or help out Anthony, because he's been there since the beginning, um, love to help. So here we are. Yeah, absolutely. So again, if you're just joining us, be sure to use the Super Chat uh, feature and we'll uh, donate all of the funds from today's show uh, to Anthony's cause. So um now is the time to ask any questions um if you have one please send us our way otherwise i think today uh we probably should start with the austin eckler news um he <laughs> is listed as questionable uh coach brandon staley said that he looked phenomenal on monday and wednesday when they had practices uh even said he looked amazing in his cuts um but then was apparently really sore from practice on wednesday so they held him out on thursday and friday uh, he's got a hip injury, even though Austin Eckler said on Wednesday that he's feeling the best he has all season. 
Um, so Tyler, what are you making of uh this whole Austin Eckler situation? Do you think it's more of the staff being precautionary, or do you think that he's legitimately uh has a chance to not play on Sunday tomorrow? Either I have no idea because he's did not practice the last two days, and the reason they gave was sore. Like, how bad is sore? How sore is your hip to not be practicing the last two days? So, if he's sore, then sure, it's precautionary. I do think he suits up, but then the do not practices is very, very concerning. So, I think he plays. I think it's now just a limited capacity, but we'll see. I don't know what sore means. We've seen cramp turn into months. (laughs) So, I hopefully sore does not turn into months as well. I think he'll be okay, like Zach is saying in the chat, that they're being safe. And I, I feel like that he's a guy, as a running back and as a guy with an injury history, who does not shoulder a ton of carries in his season. He does seem like a guy who the Chargers would really protect, especially with the RB2s behind him not being that great. So I could see this being a very safe, you know, just stay healthy. We'll get you to Sunday move. I'm optimistic that he plays, but not optimistic that he plays the entire game, or at least in a, in a full capacity. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what Austin Eckler's health is. This goes, this goes back to like the whole thing I was saying on that show where I was like, I don't know, maybe we could get a little bit of openness about that stuff. No, it uh, didn't happen. So we're back to Austin Eckler being added midweek uh, with a hip injury. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, it sounds like he'll play in a limited capacity, but I really don't know like what that even means. That can mean he, he really plays the whole game or that could just mean they really want him to like take a back seat on this one. Mm-hmm. Either way, um, not really a great thing uh, to have this happen, especially because of how I think necessary he is for this game and the lack of production. We've talked about RB2 all season. So this is a really unfortunate, and I don't know how they're going to really adjust, especially if he does have to miss the game. Yeah, and a, a hip injury is is no joke for a running back. You know, we've we've seen throughout time uh thank you tyler's mom for the first super chat of the day uh helping out anthony hopper's family so again uh if you have questions or just want to donate to uh anthony's cause please use the super chat feature um yeah so the the hip injury is is definitely a little bit concerning um and it's never a good sign when a player is added on thursday of the same week and he after practicing on wednesday so it could definitely be precautionary. Like we've seen that with Joey Bosa. We've seen that with Mike Williams and this could definitely be that. But at the same time, like it's hard not to be concerned about this because we've seen such little success from the other running backs. Like there were some people yesterday on Twitter trying to say like, Oh, Drew Tranquil is more important or Justin Jones is more important. Listen, like the Austin Eckler, I think in my opinion is one of the most five valuable chargers on the team, like team as a whole. Because he mm. just gives you so much versatility, and he's the only running back. Like, I <laughs> guess the the passing game would be okay with Justin Jackson. Like, he's been okay in that regard. But the three running backs outside of Eckler have averaged like two point seven yards per carry. There's just no juice back there, and no. so I think, you know, this is going to be a very difficult game to win if you do not have Austin Eckler because. He provides that versatility, and if you take him out of the passing game, that's so much more attention on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It's less resources that you have to worry about out of the backfield. You know, the Patriots linebackers have not been great in coverage, but if you don't have that threat of the running back doing that, 
then the linebackers can just chill at the sticks. They can, you know, play zone. They don't have to worry about guarding the running backs all that much. They can just go make plays. So potentially not having Austin Eckler is huge in this one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with like the general principle that like running backs don't matter, but this specific running back <laughs> does matter. Like, yeah. I mean, considering what they have behind them and, and how the Chargers use them, because not every running back is used uh, in both the passing game and the running game. But like, it's just how he spreads the field, because like Steven said, I think last podcast, um, they can kind of double bracket and just go, all right, well, we're kind of going to double cover Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and take that away and make Jared yeah. Cook beat us, who's had his problems with drops, right? So there's stuff like that um, that, you know, potentially Bill Belichick can do if Austin Eckler is not playing or, you know, it becomes evident during the game that he's not close to 100%. Um, I do think it's funny that Thomas Martinez says here that uh, it's just Staley trying to mess with Belichick when Belichick put 14 guys on the injury report <laughs> yesterday and listed them all as questionable with limited practice. <laughs> I'm like, Belichick's still the king of that. I don't think, I don't think Brandon Staley can mess with him yet. <laughs> no. No, yeah, that is, it's ridiculous. Every single time the Chargers play the Patriots, it's like, oh, here's an injury report of 17 players. Like, It's every know, time Devin, the Patriots play anyone. <laughs> true, very true. Mm-hmm. I, I think Devin McCourty is really like the only one with a legitimate one injury. one out, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he was declared out, but yeah. Um, so I, I guess this is like a, a difficult question because I don't even know, but who's getting the most carries tomorrow if Austin Eckler is not playing? Justin Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Honestly, would not be surprised. I I guess I missed when Joe Lombardi on uh, Thursday apparently said that they want to get Herbert more action Mm -hmm. in the, the, he called it the quarterback movement uh, kind of game, which is good. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, you have Justin Herbert who runs a four, six, eight, like, that should make sense um but we haven't really seen much of that so it it is going to be interesting to see how that happens i mean i guess it would be justin jackson but like you you could tell me that like any of the three of them led the team with seven carries and i'd believe you (laughs) because i I really do think if if austin eckler doesn't play tomorrow they're gonna have to like just pull the cliff kingsbury and be like all right fuck it we're not running the wall at all yes like that's what they're gonna have to do Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, I tweeted that earlier. Like, if Eckler's not playing, just go five wides. Like, even if it's Andre Roberts, you can use the tight ends some. But just live in empty and use the short passing game as a as a pseudo running game. Like, you can do some quarterback powers if you want. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is not going to be fun. Call um, up Jason Moore for a six receiver, you know? <laughs> Maybe two. Yeah, you do that if you want. It could be awesome pro for all I care. Just spread the field, you know, dink and dunk, and I think that would be fine. But. Uh, again, that depends if Austin Eckler is playing or not. So uh, Anthony Hopper is in the, in the chat right now. So shout out to Anthony, um, Envy Talent, and Tyler's parents holding down the fort with a super chat. So, um, you know, we all understand that tough times happen. So if you uh, feel so inclined, please use the super chat feature to donate towards Anthony's cause. Uh, and Envy has a question. Unsure if the trade deadline has passed, but with the Eckler injury highlighting our lack of running back talent. Would you now consider a Marlon Mack trade? So the the trade deadline is on Tuesday. So that will give the Chargers and everybody else this last weekend to decide if they want to make a trade. You know, there have been some more names that have come up as well as Deshaun Jackson. But given um, Eckler's injury and the lack of uncertainty, 
if the running backs this weekend in Eckler's absence, you know, just put out a stinker, are we then in favor of trading for a running back? Doesn't have to be Marlon Mack. It could be Philip Lindsay, who's potentially considered available as well. Um, but Tyler, what do you think about potentially trading for a running back after Eckler's injury? I don't know. It's tough. I haven't watched as much of the offensive line as you had, but watching them at least on first down the last week or two, it's not like it's all on the running back. Like just particularly on first down defenses have been playing very well or the Chargers just haven't been able to block. Maybe that's to the right. Maybe that's inside. Maybe that's outside of Rashawn Slater. You know, I'm talking to Arjun and there's no difference between running left and running right because nothing's really working. And then nothing's obviously working on first down. So, while they could trade for another running back or acquire some other running back in some way, that's not always like completely part of the problem. Even on first down, Eckler is kind of struggling. The defense is just, for some reason, able to stop them. The offensive line can't block. Um, could they get a little bit better? Could they go from three yards per carry on first down to 3.5? Sure. Like I'm sure, I think a random running back could help with that. I just don't think that's completely the problem. I don't think everything gets fixed. But if Eckler is hurt, then yeah, you have to sign somebody else or, or trade for somebody else because uh, if it's long term, obviously, at least at least a couple of yeah. weeks, you know, you, you just can't. Well, I take that back because if it's not that long term, the teams that they're playing, I'm not really super concerned with. Like they play the Eagles next week, I'm not going to go out and have to trade for Marlon Mack to beat the Eagles or beat the the Broncos and the, and the, maybe the Vikings. But some of these teams, I'm just not super afraid of. So if Eckler and going back in a time where, you know, by the next Chiefs game or by the maybe the Raiders game, if it's that bad, and I don't think it is, then I, I, maybe I'm not trading for one. I would kind of do it if Austin Eckler isn't injured. <laughs> like, I mean, at this point, like, they just need more juice back there. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Jackson's yeah. not getting it done, plus he gets injured, like, most of the time that he plays, unfortunately. Uh, even though I do think he is the second best running back on the team in that regard, like, it's an availability issue for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it, it would be different if Larry Roundtree was really showing us something. It would be different mm-hmm. if uh, Joshua Kelly was really showing us something. And, you know, we've seen glimpses here and there. It's like, all right, here's a nice five yard run. But other than that, like, it's just kind of been the same thing every week with those two to the point where they just view them as like alternate healthy scratches, you know, every week. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I would do it. I mean, look, they have four six-round picks next year. I would take it if, you know, to me, Marlon Mack is a pretty significant upgrade over, at the very least, Roundtree uh, and Kelly. Uh, you know, you can make the argument that he's probably better than Jackson as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not afraid of, you know, the Eagles and the Patriots. Uh, not the Patriots, I'm a little afraid of. But the Eagles, the Steelers, and some of the games coming up. But at the same time, I, I do think they need a little bit of juice back there just for a change of pace back. Uh, and also, so Austin Eckler doesn't have so much of the offense weighing on him. Because, you know, this, this is partially kind of why he has this hip injury is like he's being, yeah. his usage rate is really high. So like you could take it down a little bit and just have a couple mm-hmm. more plays where Marlon Mack can be effective here and there uh, and, and give Austin Eckler a breather once in a while. Like, I don't think that's a bad idea. And like, to me, out of all the trades that have been discussed on Twitter, uh, Marlon Mack's probably one of the more realistic ones that I would consider. Yeah, I, I've i been kind of anti-trading for a running back. I, just, I, I don't believe in using those resources, especially after drafting two in the last two years. Like, 
But at the same time, like those two players are not really showing enough. So I, I understand the thought process, right? I'm, I'm still a little hesitant. Marlon Mack, I think, would probably be the only one because we've seen him be a legitimate, you know, number one rusher in this league. I know he has the Achilles injury from last season, but by all accounts, he has been healthy and been, you know, looking good in practice. So it, it's just a tough situation. Like I, I had to laugh when uh, the Texans essentially got a 2025 seventh round pick or whatever it was for Mark Ingram and like helped facilitate the trade for the saints. It's like running backs are, are just not that valuable when it comes to trading stuff. So if you can get one for cheap, then sure. I, I guess why not? Because, you know, there's just no juice back there. And I think that the rushing attack when Eckler is out, it, there's no one that can really break tackles, right? Like that's the biggest thing. Like Eckler is mm -hmm. so good after contact and Jackson and Kelly just don't trust their vision. And then Roundtree, for whatever reason, you know, he's, I, I don't necessarily think it's a vision thing, but he just doesn't have the juice to make people miss in the hole. So there, there's a bunch of, you know, things going wrong in that room right now. And it, it is uh, pretty unfortunate. So I guess so like sign me up the other trade though. Deshaun Jackson or Brandon Cooks have been, you know, linked to the Chargers several times. I still mm -hmm. think the Brandon Cooks one is probably costs a little too much in terms of draft capital. But people like don't realize how much value Deshaun Jackson would, would bring to this team. I understand, you know, he's definitely not the same player, and Alex can speak to, you know, his Eagles <laughs> days. But he still would bring a lot more respect deep than Jalen Guyton is getting. So mm -hmm. teams have kind of key keyed in on Jalen Guyton, but they're not using him. So you bring in Deshaun Jackson, I think that's enough of an upgrade where I'm willing to do a six-round pick, a fifth-round pick, whatever, and get some more speed on this team and, frankly, open things up a little bit more. So I know a lot of people uh, were writing about, like, oh, it doesn't make sense. They don't need him. It's like, well, you're gonna you're just going to keep Jalen Guyton out there and Josh Palmer and not use them. So at least teams will respect Deshaun Jackson's speed and key, on, key in on him and open things up a little bit. So. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, that one, 100% sign me up. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that, like, the whole time it was people were like, Deshaun Jackson only runs in a straight line. I'm like, they were getting 50-yard bombs last year with guys that only ran in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> and guys that, like, weren't that great, you know? So, like, speed kills, like, in this league. Um, now, as for specifically Deshaun Jackson, I'm a bit of a centrist on that one because I don't trust his health at this point. Sure. Um, I, I think he's probably like going to play two games and blow out his hammy because that's how <laughs> like every spot stop has been for him these last few years, unfortunately, um, even when he came back to Philadelphia when uh, Wentz was there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of mid on that. You know, it could go either way. Cooks is a little bit more interesting to me because they could technically extend him and lower the cap hit next year, which people might be concerned about. Um, and so that sure. could be interesting. He's also not that old. He's only, you know, 28. So if you give him like a two, three year extension, you know, wouldn't really like hurt the team in a significant way. Plus you could re-sign Mike Williams and still do all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not against either one really, uh, as far as Sean Jackson <laughs> put out a tweet yesterday. that was like, yeah, he is a raging anti-Semite, but four, three with good hands. I mean, <laughs> we do need somebody like that on the team. So, you know, my morals are bad. You know, one of my favorite Deshaun Jackson games is, uh, you know, when Michael Vick got out of prison uh, on Monday Night Football in a game called the Monday Night Massacre against the Redskins. So football's problematic. <laughs> <laughs>
There's so many problematic things in the last two sentences you just said. Like anti-Semitic, dog fighting, prison, <laughs> Redskins. Redskins yeah, isn't so. even the worst one there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, as far as those two guys go, I get the health concerns for Deshaun Jackson. He's not my favorite option, but I, I do want to see what they do this week to try to make things more aggressive, more explosive for them. If things yeah. change, and, and Jalen Guyton is now like, Oh, look, he's he's actually being used and they're hitting shots deep. Great. If not, then, well, then I guess then it goes back to an issue of they're not scheming things. They're not trying different things. So even if they have Deshaun Jackson, would they do anything different? Or is Jalen Guyton holding them back? I don't know. But um, I, I'm, I'm for Cooks. I get the issue of the draft capital to give up is a little high. Uh, if Solak's sort of rate going rate for him, which is like a second and a fourth or a second and a third, whatever it is, that's a little high, but I'd be kind of interested in going for it. And I know people are worried about bringing back Mike Williams, Derwin James, whoever. But I think, especially after watching you know, the Chiefs and all these, these teams do gymnastics to try to work the cap, I think you can kind of make it work. And yeah. it's an all-in year. And it's not like we're, you know, they're getting cooks and they have them for four more years. This is a very long contract. They got them for this year, which they can cover, I assume. And then next year, you just kind of make it work. You bring your guys back. You work the cap. This is a very good team with very, you know, really good um, at working the cap. And so I think they can rock with it. And the team's awful on on first down. They have no explosiveness. They can't go anywhere. Always behind the sticks. Um, so I, I'm for bringing in someone like Cooks Jackson. Obviously, there's concerns, but he is cheap, and it's only a one year deal or a you know, ten game deal, whatever it is. So I'm I'm okay with that. I get the the health concerns, but Cooks would be an interesting one because that would really give them a, a dynamic three receiver group i know i'm not a huge fan of, of of signing receivers in free agency but i think a trade at this point to see what you got and maybe to extend him make things work on the cap next year i think it's worth it i want to see this team be explosive on first down and see what that can do for them yeah i mean Solak is definitely more connected than us but i i kind of doubt that he's gonna fetch a second round pick like i I don't know. Maybe that's just me kind of, you know, looking at the trade market and, and seeing all, all these other guys go for like fifth, sixth round, seventh round picks. Like I, yeah, if Stefan Gilmore gets a 2023 fifth round pick, then there's no way that Brandon Cook should be getting a 2022 second. So maybe that's just me. But um, I think whenever we're talking about these trades, like specifically Brandon Cooks, like I understand the cap constraints that people have or, or reservations, mm-hmm. but he's a cap hit of like $2 million this year if you trade for him. And then, like Alex is saying, you can extend him and lower it. And the Chargers are going to have potentially $80 million in cap space next year. Right. Like, if there's ever a year to go get an expensive wide receiver three, it's next year. Like, you go do that. You open things up for Justin Herbert in his, you know, third season as a starter. And, like, if you're a defensive coach and you're trying to stop an offense with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Austin Eckler, who are you trying to stop? Because all th- all four of those guys are elite pass catchers at their position. So mm-hmm. I understand the concerns, but if you're really thinking that you're about to be Super Bowl contenders, I think you got to be aggressive and go make this trade. I understand everybody wants a run deep, like a defensive tackle. It's like you can kind of do both. Like you could reasonably <laughs> trade for oh. Brandon Cooks and then trade for you know get a seventh round pick for you know, Andrew Billings from Cleveland, like it doesn't have to be Cooks and Hicks. Like there are mm-hmm. other options out there. You can do two different things. Two yeah. trades is a lot for Telesco. Let's, let's focus <laughs> on one and then go from there. Very 
true. Very true. Oh, nice. Um, all right, we'll get to Envy's next question here. Shout out to Envy, always doubling up. Uh, what do you think Bill Belichick is going to take away from us on offense? Uh, and how do we protect ourselves on defense? So two different questions here. Um, Alex, what do you think about the Belichick question first? Um, I think in terms of like offense, I mean, you, I think there's going to be a lot of man coverage that I'll try to run for sure. I mean, that's just kind of the team that the Patriots are. I think that they'll probably focus a lot of their stuff on Mike Williams just because he is such a mismatch with some of the corners they have, um, at least at the moment with this height. Like, like I said, if you get Mike Williams matched up on Jalen Mills, that becomes a problem. Um, but yeah, so I think there's stuff like that where they could try to take him away and then, you know, see what Keenan Allen is like. Um, the Austin Eckler thing is really concerning because to me, that initially would strike me as the thing mm-hmm. that Bill Belichick would try to take away. But now he can take something else away, right? If Austin Eckler isn't 100% or isn't playing. So yeah, I, th- I think it'll be one of the two receivers between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and just say, hey, uh, potentially both of them, uh, and then say, hey, beat us with the other guys you have. Um, so I, I definitely think that is probably the direction they'll go. Um, but yeah, that's that's my initial thought, at least. Of course, Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick, and maybe he takes something else away. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd watched a little bit more of Mike Williams against Baltimore, although he didn't do much and he was hurt. So I don't know how often they try to take him away. But to me, it was it really looked like they tried to take away Keenan Allen. There was double coverage. There was sometimes triple coverage. It really seemed like that was the route they were going. Now, this time Williams will be healthy, whereas in the Baltimore game, he was hurt. So I think it's you know potentially you could just kind of leave him alone because you know he's not 100%. But I think they'll try to take Keenan Allen away, especially if Eckler's not playing. And there's a reason, I mean, Allen has four catches on on fourth down and Williams has zero. And I got the defensive pass interference call, but he has no catches on fourth down. So I really think the Chargers are going to, you know, obviously go to Keenan Allen in those situations. And so Bill Belichick will try to take him away. So I do think of anyone on this team, even with Eckler on the field, it's Allen that they take away. Yeah, I think that given their deficiencies of who they have, I think it makes the most sense to double team Keenan Allen because of who where he lines up and who they have against him. You know, you have a former undrafted free agent, you have Jalen Mills, you have safeties. None of those are really good matchups, in my opinion, for uh, for Keenan Allen, at least on the outside. Like, at least J.C. Jackson is a legitimate corner who said some very questionable things this week about the Chargers, but that's another topic. Um, but he's a top-tier corner, right? You know, he feasibly could match up with Mike Williams. I know there's a big size advantage there, but... Mm-hmm. You know, at least J.C. Jackson is a top-tier corner. So I, I would think that they would try to double-team Keenan Allen and take him away. Um, but, you know, it, Bill it always does crazy things. You never really know. Maybe he double, maybe he kind of stuff, um, puts eight in the box and really just tries to stuff out the run. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's an interesting one. As for the defensive side of things, it all hinges on, you know, Justin Jones. And I tweeted this out yesterday. I was I went back and watched the Washington game, uh, the first half at least, to see like how they were using Justin Jones and how they were using everybody else. And Brandon Staley has talked all summer long, all training camp long, that he wants to be multiple in every sense of the of the word, right? Like he wants to do multiple personnel packages on offense and defense, mix up the schemes, blitz, stunt, everything. And I was like kind of blown away at how much more multiple they were able to be on defense 
with Justin Jones in the game. Like, mm. he was playing the one technique. Tillery was playing one technique. There was a heavy rotation. Covington only played five snaps in the first half because Jones was was out there and healthy. You know, they did this thing where they would put Justin Jones at the five technique and Joey Bosa as a wide nine on the same side on obvious passing down situations. So that was a way that they were able to kind of scheme up one-on-ones for Joey Bosa. So I was kind of blown away like how different they looked with Justin Jones healthy. So if he's out there and he's playing well, I think that's the biggest way that they can protect themselves because now you're taking away snaps away from Tillery, away from Covington, away from Limbaugh Joseph. You're keeping everyone fresh. And you have a player out there that you legitimately trust. And now Brandon Staley is saying that he thinks Christian Covington is essentially a starting caliber player for them. So how they play on defense tomorrow all hinges on Justin Jones if he's healthy or not, in my opinion. Uh, I got an adjustment for you on defense. Uh, Don't take your best cornerbacks off the field. (laughs) That too. That too. Also from Envy Talent, uh, $5, saying that Staley said this morning he said uh, Eckler is likely to play. Mm, So I guess we'll see Hmm. how that ages. Uh, From Thomas Martinez, any chance we see Bradwell elevated? uh, Get a look before the deadline. Uh, I mean, I... At this point, try it. Forward, like you, yeah. you, at this point, you might as well. As sad as it is to say, as somebody who really liked Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly, you know, coming out of the draft, like mix things up. At least with Darius Bradwell, you've got a guy who can legitimately break tackles because he's, you know, 230 pounds. He's just a hammer. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like at this point, I'm up for anything. You know, they've they've kind of mixed things up at the defensive line without Justin Jones, Boris Merrill, Braden Fajoko, Joe Gaziano. At this point, do the same thing with the running backs until you find somebody who's really going to, you know, seize that job. Give everybody a chance. Yeah. I'm totally up for different ways to circle the drain. Uh, I think maybe you <laughs> just try that and see what works. Detrez Newsom, Do we give him a call? Troy <laughs> main Pope. E. Fun to watch. Honestly, bring Pope back. <laughs> Pope would actually be interesting. I actually think they should bring him back. Yeah. Like, that's where Pope, Pope would be kind of interesting and fun. So like, you know, I think if you have like maybe some of these smaller backs that are a little bit more elusive, like you could add something to it. Um, Darius Bradwell, you know, try it, but I mean, he is kind of the same thing as Larry Roundtree and uh, and uh, Joshua Kelly. So we'll see. But you know, I'm not against it at this point because if you're not if you're not getting anything from those two, then you know, don't keep trying something that's not working. Yeah, in a sense, they're kind of the same in that, like, I think they like Roundtree runs for tough yards and, and Bradwell can run for tough yards. But I thought Roundtree would do that more with kind of uh, an attitude and with the way he plays, but yeah. it's not working. Whereas Bradwell just kind of has a size thing. And if you just can't stop that, you can't stop those. So I think he can maybe get a little bit more. But right now, I think Roundtree's the better running back talent. It's not working. So maybe some little, little bit more size would work for this team, especially with two redundant running backs, which has been the issue kind of all training camp. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like it, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words of why these two players are not playing well. Like Justin Jackson, I can kind of understand there's been so many injuries. You know, he just doesn't really seem to trust himself. But like you have these two bigger backs and they're not playing like bigger backs. They're not breaking tackles. They're, they have poor vision. There's poor execution. So I'm kind of at a loss for words there. So if it's Darius Bradwell is your guy, then, you know, Go give him a shot. Um, all right, next one here uh, from our guy, Bolt Brett. 
Do you think we'll see any obvious schematic adjustments from Staley, like loading up the box more, removing plays that don't work, etc.? I think considering they love Campbell and they want to keep Harris on the field, like I think Arjun talked about this, they should just go more dime, especially if Drew Tranquil is hurt. Throw Kaiser White out there, work with your defensive line rotation, and they just have all six DBs on the field. Uh, why take anybody off than Harris? But again, I haven't watched Harris, so I don't know how he actually looks. But Steven says he looks like crap, so I'll take his word for it. You know, if, but if you're not going to pull him off the field, then put like just take the unhealthy Tranquil off the field, or well, no, keep him on the field if he's if he's there. But if it's between like putting Ogbong Bamiga on the field, or you know putting Michael Davis on the field, which is stupid, but here we are. You know, put Davis on the field. Like, don't play Ogbong Bamiga. Just put another DB on the field. No, I know that doesn't help their run game, but I think that you still get your best, most talented players on the field. So maybe they go that route if Tranquil is hurt. That's that's kind of all I can think of. Yeah, I think like Steven said, it kind of goes back to the whole Justin Jones thing, because if you do get Justin Jones back, then you probably can't afford to have Michael Davis out there, even if he's a little bit more of a liability in the run game, and then definitely gives you an advantage over someone like Ogbong Bamiga or, you know, say Neiman on the field, just having an extra DB there. Um, but I think they are a little bit pinned right now if Justin Jones doesn't play, just because you probably have to have that linebacker on the field to stop the play. But Again, I, I, I agree that it should not be Michael Davis being taken off the field uh, when we talk about all those uh, quarterbacks. So I think there's some adjustments they can make, um, but a lot of it is, to be honest, to me at least, just health and getting guys back. Um, you know, Kenneth Murray, assuming he comes back probably the week after this one, uh, we'll see what happens there. Just getting Justin Jones back. Uh, and then, of course, you know, that will, you know, alleviate some of the pressure off of Joey Bosa and some of the other guys that are having to go a little bit more harder right now and getting triple teamed, <laughs> you know, poor Bosa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that that would, that's definitely a start. Not that that will fix everything. Um, definitely some schematic adjustments they can make, but I, I really think a lot of it is kind of just health right now. Yeah, it's definitely health related. I, I'd be curious in this one in particular, if we see, Staley used that six-man front a little bit more because this is a game, you know, the Patriots, you know, like to, you know, stack the box with their offensive, you know, personnel going into 22, into, you know, three tight ends, two running backs. Like, they're they're a heavy personnel team. And so I'd be interested to see if we see that six-man look with the four defensive tackles, two edge rushers, and then one linebacker and Derwin all in the box. Like, we saw that a couple times versus the Raiders. I only saw it once against the Ravens. Um, that one didn't really work out very well. <laughs> and that was when Le'Veon Bell scored his touchdown um, off the side. So I'm curious to see if that's like a, po- a possible adjustment, just kind of loading the box in that regard. In terms of the safeties, like Staley's going to stick to his two shot, his two high shell, and expect Derwin and Nasir Adderley, who is going to be back in this game, which is going to be a huge help, and Alohi Gilman to make plays from deep. And for the most part, Adderley and Derwin James and Alohi Gilman have really done that. So in terms of bringing people more in, you know, more safeties into the box, I don't think we'll see that. But I think we could see more defensive linemen up at the line, which I think is, is a way to add more bodies there. Um, and then on offense, like we've seen, or at least we've heard, Joe Lombardi and Brandon Staley mention the quarterback run game. They kind of want to... <laughs> you know, be more prolific on first downs. It's easier said than done right now with this this personnel. So those are the two things that I think everybody was talking about on offense. Um, I think the quarterback run game 
I'm a big believer in how much how much of an advantage it gives you these days. Like we have looked at, you know, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and all these running backs, Josh Allen, and their ability to run the football gives your team such an advantage because you can you're you're taking away a player who's not blocking and adding an extra blocker into the line. So I think we could see that one happen. Maybe Justin Herbert gets back five, six carries this week. And I think that would help the rushing attack as well. Yeah, I get trying to protect Herbert, but you know, I mean, if, if you talk about if, if Staley wants to talk about the running game, even if it isn't like amazing, you want to challenge the physicality of the defense and try to be physical that way. I don't know if there's any more physical tackle you can make than Justin Herbert running full speed yeah. off a bootleg and, and some DB just stand, like Jalen Mills standing there trying to juggle Justin Herbert. Good luck. That's a big dude. You can kind of challenge him that way, or at least again, be more multiple, be more physical. I'm all for the extra QB runs. Two, three a game would be great. Just something else for them to have to look forward to. It's just weird with the QB runs because it's kind of been successful every time they've done it and they just decide not to do it again for the rest of the game. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I hope they do it more. And, you know, you have a six, seven freak of nature back there. Like, you know, if he can run people over like he did very publicly against the Chiefs last year, um, you know, I think that that's a great thing that they could do. Um, From Philip Casey A. Calloway, uh, do you guys see Steven Anderson being utilized as a fullback type player if uh, Eckler is out? And my reaction to this question is, wow, Gabe Neighbors really fell out of the rotation, huh? <laughs> well, Steven Anderson has been doing this. Like, this has not been a this is not a new thing. So, um, you know, as recently as uh, Wednesday, Brandon Saley says that you know said that he gives them that tight end fullback flex, um, which they love. So he's he's lined up at fullback quite a bit. He's not carried the ball which I think is more of Phillips question, you know, Gabe neighbors has, mm-hmm. I think gotten three carries this year. Is that, I might even be highballing it, but sure. You know, I, I, if Eckler is out, I don't think that the solution is to put Anderson and Gabe neighbors in rushing situations. I think the solution is use Justin Herbert more because that's probably the most effective way. Yeah. I'm all for that. I was trying to find the stats that I had for Steven Anderson as a fullback. I can't find it. So, but no, I, as far as the question goes, yes, he's been a fullback, but no, I don't think he'll be used as a runner. They use yeah. him as like the extension of the run game and the flat sort of guy, not exactly yeah. the runner in the run game. Yeah. So you guys are doing great with the super chats. Thank you for that. Yeah, Keeping seriously. Up all of the uh, super chat uh, donations will go towards uh, Anthony Hopper's family. Mm-hmm. We've got one from Sean O'Brien. Uh, he says, cut guy in trade a fourth or a fifth for B Cooks. We kind of already talked about trading for B Cooks as, as somebody that we are in favor of. Um, and I understand the frustration with Jalen Guyton, but I, you can't cut him. Like, I, you're, the whole point of trading for B, Brandon Cooks or Deshaun Jackson is to bring more speed to the table. If you trade for one of those guys and cut Jalen Guyton, you're just back to the same issue where you have one speedster. Like, I, I'm trying to bring multiple speedsters to this team. Yeah, and I mean, I get the frustration with him, but A, I don't think they're using him all that well, and B, he's a lower drop percentage than like three other guys on the team. So yes. I know it's been frustrating. We know him for, as the guy who drops the ball a lot, but he's actually behind like Cook, Williams, and Allen, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um. So I, let's let's see what he can do first. Let's see what they can do with him after the bye. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in favor of cutting him. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way that that could 
work. I mean, you need him because all the other guys on the team run a four seven. Like, I mean, you know, you have a pretty desperate need for speed. Um, so that even if you are going to bring Deshaun Jackson in or you're going to bring somebody else in, um, I think you still need Guyton at least for the rest of the season, and then maybe you can address things yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, as for trading a fourth or fifth for Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm, sure, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, was reading an article from The Athletic this week about receiving cores that were helping or hurting their quarterbacks. And the whole thing was about drops and drop percentages. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justin Herbert was 29th in, in that statistic because The Athletic has credited uh, Mike Williams with five drops, yeah. Keenan Allen with four, and Jared Cook with four, and Jim mm. Guyton with two. So okay. he, they credited the top four targeted receivers with 15 drops, which is yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. A, a big issue. Like, and it's not been an issue for Keenan and Mike before. Cook has had some issues with drops throughout his career, but we've not seen Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have this kind of issue. So uh, there, there are definitely a lot of issues on early down, you know, on the early down uh, offense and the game plan and things like that. But a lot of it is that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Jared Cook are dropping passes at a crazy yeah. high rate right now. So they've got to clean that up too. Yeah, and I, I even think that when you look when it comes to drops, that the numbers should be a little higher. I feel like some have gone more like against Herbert, if you will. I feel like there should be more drops for them to be at 15 counted ones so far, like through six games. Like that's quite a bit. That's more than I expected. Yeah, and I mean a lot of these drops come on like pretty high importance plays too like third down or fourth down like you know so if you're having that situation as well that definitely just makes the situation much worse than it is um i do think there will be a little bit of a regression to the mean kind of you know in the back half of the season where you start to see keenan allen obviously hopefully not dropping the ball you start to see mike williams come back a little bit to earth uh in that regard as well i don't think they're going to stay above 10 percent uh the rest of the season otherwise we have problems uh, but I, I think that they will sort of regress uh, in a positive way uh, to the point where they're not dropping balls. Um, this one comes from Envy Talent again. Shout out for all the work he's putting in today. In regards to special teams play, if that unit continues to struggle, do you still see us winning with a winning record? Moreover, also making the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I expect the special teams to improve. Like, you know, their DVOA rankings right now are pretty much being dragged down by the field goal and extra point unit, as well as the kickoff return unit. Mm -hmm. So I expect those to go up. I expect them to improve. You know, Justin Hopkins is is not going to be missing five extra points in six games um, and be bad on field goals as well. So I expect those units to improve. I expect Andre Roberts to b- provide a Bruce. Like he, he's not going to be returning the, the ball to the 15 yard line. Like the other guys are. So how much they improve. I don't really know. You know, I don't really know how much juice Roberts has at this point in terms of being, you know, an all pro receiver, like he's been or returner, excuse me, like he's been, but I expect them to improve. And, you know, I, I definitely think that they can overcome the special teams and have a winning record that's more so concerning about making a run in the playoffs in my opinion, but I still Mm -hmm. expect them to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I think the the special teams have sucked and they're four and two with this schedule. So I I think they can still have a winning record. They can totally still make the postseason. But as you said, once you get there, 
can you be perfect enough to not drop games because of special teams against the Titans, Chiefs, whoever is in the postseason? Right. I mean, I think at this point they're going to have a boost on their special teams strictly because it's Dustin Hopkins and Andre Roberts and not KJ Hill and Tristan Viscano. So, like, you know, can that get you from 32nd to 25th, 24th? Sure. Like, I think that that can get you there, at least in the short term. Um, you know, assuming no missed extra points and assuming no kick returns to like the 10 yard line or accepting punt returns at the two. Uh, so, you know, there's that kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, the the big thing that really needs to improve for DVOA is the fact the punt blocking because they're getting Tylon killed back there and also just coverage and all that coverage and blocking in general. Like that's really, to me, also another thing that's bringing, uh, their DVOA down in terms of special teams. So the the punt unit is their best ranking on DVOA. What? Well, what qualifies as their best ranking? It's 16th. It's, it's right at average. The punt unit is the only unit of the special teams unit. That's Mm, that's been average. Well, but how is that calculated though? Because like, for example, the time that they got Tristan uh, or Ty Long killed against Dallas, that resulted in a 15 yard penalty. Uh, so like, I'm was just that... telling you what the numbers say. Like, the punt mm. unit has been average for them. I think it's been a little bit below average, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, their blocking and coverage still needs to get better. Like, I I'm happy that they made the changes they did, but like to me, that will move the needle in special teams DVOA as well. Um, sure. at least if we want to see this team as like a top 16 special teams team, that's that's the thing that needs to happen. Um, yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, and um, to uh, Tyler's point the other day about pressure off the edge on the field goal unit, I think that argument can safely be put to bed now because we've heard from an actual NFL kicker and a current special teams coordinator say that that should not matter for kickers basically whatsoever. So uh, I think that argument should be put to bed now. Um, All right, we got another Super (laughs) Chat uh, question from Jeff. Not really a question. Uh, he says, yo, Alex, where's the pink shirt? Why do I even watch? It's not victory. It's not victory pink yet. Uh, they have to beat the Patriots. You know, we're, we're on to new England as Bill Belichick would say. Okay. So, so the pink shirts is, it's a victory. It's a victory, uh, tradition then. Yes. It's a victory tradition. Or if I don't feel like doing my laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Um, so shout out to Jeff for donating. He's been awesome. I think uh, Jeff is one of the first people that donated, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, towards Anthony's cause. So um, again, guys, we'll wrap this up in a few minutes. But uh, if you have any last questions, be sure to use the super chat, and we will be sure to uh, you know send those on over to Anthony's cause. Um, if you believe in a little bit of not conspiracy, but you know fishiness, uh, Melvin Ingram was limited practicing all week, but then he did not practice and now out. With a groin injury, it could be a groin injury or something's on the way. He's getting traded to the Cardinals. Yeah, I think he's getting traded. Man, the the Cardinals just... That game was wild, first of all, but the J.J. Watt thing was crazy. Like, that was was Justin Jones' situation escalated to 100. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And ended up being, what is his shoulder, his, like, other shoulder, his collarbone, his forearm like it was a nasty injury apparently yeah that guy. i mean 
I just feel bad for him at this point because he is such a dominant player, but his health just yeah. isn't there. Um, so I'll be curious to see if they bring him back next year or, you know, if he's still going to play next year because it seems like his body's just taken a beating to the point of no return over the last few years. I don't know. Looking for any other... Uh... Somebody was asking about defensive tackles in the draft, and I haven't really watched any draft film, but every Twitter clip I see of those two Georgia boys is <laughs> yeah. like unreal. And there's two of them. It's not just Jordan Davis, who I think is actually getting Heisman buzz right now, which is crazy. Wow. Um, but he's got a teammate. I think his name is Deontay Wyatt or Devontae Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which is uh, very hard to get on, you know, if you're a college football player. Um, and he's legitimate too. And he, he could actually be more of the four eye three mm-hmm. technique that I think they need more so than the nose tackle. Cause I feel like we're seeing kind of a renaissance with nose tackles right now, but at the same time, like you could bring back Limbaugh Joseph on a cheap deal. You could go sign somebody else, you know, Andrew Billings. Whereas I think the three technique and four eye is a little bit more valuable. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, I haven't watched any film. We'll dive into the draft much later, but I'm a little more interested in uh, Jordan Davis's teammate at this point for a, a Chargers mm. draft pick. I will say if, I mean, I had more fun watching Shelvin than probably any other player <laughs> in the past draft. If you can yeah. tell me that there's someone better like Davis, I am really excited to watch him. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think if Shovin had played and not opted out, we probably would be talking about him in the same way. Because mm. that dude just, the way that he took on the Georgia offensive line in that game, like, blew my mind. And they're not playing him, I'm pretty sure, in Cincinnati. They are not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because that seemed like a really big need for Cincinnati, but they found ways for their defense to kind of live without him. And now you can sort of develop him and make your defense even stronger in the long term. So... They're going to mm-hmm. be a scary team, unfortunately. All right, got one more uh, super chat question from Thomas Martinez. He says he has a bone to pick. Josh Palmer was open on that fourth down versus Baltimore. He broke off his route at the marker, created separation on Humphrey. Humphrey, excuse me, uh, and Herbert just missed him. And I agree with that statement. I think mm-hmm. Josh Palmer ran a good route. I don't disagree with the decision to target him. You know, he did create separation for whatever reason. Herbert threw the pass, kind of. Uh, like it's sailed on him a little bit more inside and a little mm-hmm. bit more downfield, whereas he should have thrown it towards the sideline and back a few yards because that looked like you know it looked like Palmer was running a comeback route. It looked like Herbert was expecting him to kind of run like a hitch route towards the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't disagree, but I also feel like fourth down is your money down, and you kind of got to get it to your money sure. guys in, in some way. Like, no offense to Josh Palmer. Like, I think he can eventually be that guy for the Chargers, of course. But, like, you got to find Keenan Allen. You got to find Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, potentially in a fourth down. Like, also, I, I do think it is specifically the fact that they had Humphrey covering him and Herbert throwing in that sure. direction. I thought the decision making from him was a little bit erratic that game. Um, so, you know, again, if Palmer catches that ball or, you know, or Herbert throws it a little bit better, are we talking about it? Probably not as much, but sure. I still think that's a decision that could have been made a little bit better. Like, I don't know, this goes back to like just analyzing the thing for what it is rather than, you know, just not talking about it because it ended up a certain way, right? Like, yeah, this kind of missed extra point against the Browns or like any of that stuff. You know, it's a bit of a more process over results thing, I guess. 
Yeah, if I had a, a bone to pick, like Thomas said, with anything, it's just the execution from Herbert. The decision is okay with me, especially because Palmer did convert on a, something pretty similar earlier in the game. I, don't, I think it was a third down or second down or whatever. And yeah. pretty much the same thing on the sideline. Looked really good, got way open. Um, so him going back to Palmer in the situation sort of makes sense. But then, like you said, find somebody else, get it some other way. Um, I don't know what Baltimore was showing at that time. I don't know if it was like, well, this guy looks like he's going to be covered, so I can't really go that way or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the, the, the decision. I don't mind going to Palmer. I don't mind going for it on fourth down. I just, it's just the execution. Herbert just flat out didn't execute in a, in a kind of a bad way in a lot of his throws on, against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, like we said, there were definitely some drops, but that particular one, Herbert Herbert missed him. Um, there were a lot of people when that got mad at them going after Humphrey so much. And then literally the next week, Jamar Chase gave him the business. So <laughs> I I think at the end of the day, when you're designing offenses, like you're trusting your guys to get the job done. And especially mm-hmm. if you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I know that they didn't really use Keenan very much or Mike that often. But if you have guys that you trust, then they should be able to beat coverage and anybody can be had. And that includes Marlon Humphrey. He's not Darrell Revis. Like, so I, I didn't have as much of an issue as the, as everybody else at the way that they targeted against Marlon Humphrey. That's that play specifically. Sure, I would have loved to see Keenan Allen involved there or Mike Williams, but you know, people were like so up in arms about them going after Marlon Humphrey, and it's like, well, you have Mike Williams against Marlon Humphrey one on one. Yeah, Justin Herbert's going to take that. So mm-hmm. I, anybody can be had in this league. The only thing I'll say about that is that Mike Williams was clearly pretty injured throughout that whole game. Um, sure. So unlike Jamar Chase, like I think the health plays a factor there. And then you have someone like Keenan, who I mean is, is very good, but he's not like the dominator type receiver that either Chase or uh, Williams sure. are. So like to me, that would be my thing with targeting Humphrey as much as they did. But then again, like if you have an opportunity, you know, take it. And, you know, maybe we're not talking about it as much as, uh, if some balls weren't dropped and that was a huge problem against Baltimore as well. Yeah. I will say this game, you know, the Patriots run a ton of man coverage. They do a lot of cover one, a lot of cover one robber. And so you're going to have to have similar situations where your guys have to get open. And I think the usage needs to be a little bit different, right? Like we saw against Washington, they use Keenan Allen in motion like quite a bit. And I don't remember that really happening very much against Baltimore. So it's going to be a lot of man-to-man coverage, and you're going to have to win, um, whether you're Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, or Josh Palmer. I think, depending on what Bill Belichick does, this is a big game for Josh Palmer, too, because he is going to be Mm -hmm. single-covered whenever he's in the game. Same with James Guyton, same with Jared Cook. All these secondary players need to step up in this one. Mm -hmm. All right. So NB Talent sent us another one. Um, That guy, man, shout-out to you, dude. You're You're crushing it. Um, much love to the Bolt fam waiting on that victory brisket on Monday. So, <laughs> you know, we're we love doing these things, right? Because we know that everybody goes through hard times and and mm-hmm. needs help sometimes. So, Anthony, uh, we love you, man. Thank you for all your support throughout the the year and a half that we've been doing this show. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, you're able to uh, use some of these funds and and get out of this uh, out of this rut a little bit. So, thank you everyone for your support today, and I know Anthony really appreciates that as well. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Everybody came through. Um, thank you to my parents, obviously, for chipping in, and then the rest of the Bolt fam, and for for basically matching that at that point. You know, ten dollars, five dollars, twenty dollars. A lot of different people. Um, some similar faces that we're used to, some new faces. 
it means a lot. I mean, it's really nice to have this platform to be able to do this, whether it's just, you know, donating our own money, doing giveaways, or just bringing awareness and having you guys donate here. Uh, we're going to send it to him as, as soon as we're done. Um, so this is really, really cool. Thank you, everyone, for, for donating. This is, this is awesome. I haven't uh, counted the numbers, but I believe they were at 1,700 or so before we started. And so we might mm -hmm. be at 2,000 now. So that's a great deal that yeah. uh, you guys were willing to donate that much uh, and were willing to step up when you were needed. Uh, so we Absolutely. really appreciate it. And I know Anthony does too. Yeah. And really quickly, going back to, to Tyler's point, because Tyler has a giveaway opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. If you donate, mm -hmm. Tyler, you want to explain that a little bit and where people can find it? Yeah, so I'll go through here and count up who was sending in money. So, um, But the giveaway is a signed Justin Herbert jersey. Now, that is only if he reaches his goal. If he reaches his goal, anyone who donated five or more dollars will be entered to win a signed Justin Herbert jersey. However, if they don't reach that goal, I'll think of something else, maybe something at halfway um, or whatever. So right now, the big goal is anyone who donates five dollars or more will be entered to win a Justin Herbert jersey that is signed. Um, but if we don't reach that goal, I'll find something else because you guys... I've been amazing so far. And that's on my, you can find me. I mean, you're good. If you want to do it on here, I'll just count. Like if you donated, you're good. If you want to do it on Twitter, just screenshot like your GoFundMe donation or yeah. whatever and comment it under my, I'll, I'll, I'll pin it to my my Twitter. Um, just comment underneath with the picture of your name and the donation to the GoFundMe or Cash App. Someone DM'd me and said that they uh, contacted Anthony and said, hey, you know, I don't have a GoFundMe, but I do have a Cash App. Do you have that? So do cash out, whatever works for you, however you donate, $5 or more, just enter. Um, but anything you can do helps, guys. So anything you're doing is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the videos, comment. We did a bunch of different videos this week. It was a busy week of interviews. Uh, so please go check those out. And we've got another busy week of interviews next week. Uh, which is going to be really fun. Alex in particular has a very fun interview that he gets to do by himself. So really excited to see how that one goes. Um, as always, if you're listening to this on the audio version, got another special chat or super chat right at the buzzer. So thank you, grumpy grumpiness. Go Bolts. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio, please leave us a rating or a view on your uh, podcast platform of choice. And we do really appreciate all the positive feedback. And as always, Bolt Up, we'll see you guys on Monday. See you guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.